Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, on camera control. We've got a fun show for you tonight. The next hour is full of 3D printing, electronics, retro tech, new products, videos, guides, updates, CircuitPython, and more. We're going to jam it out. So much going on this week. Hope we don't get canceled. Mr. Lucina, <laughs> tell them what's on tonight's well, show. I'll talk about that in a bit. On tonight's show, the code is a no rotary, no rotary. It's for a product. It's a no rotary. 10% off and native for stall all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern time, or when I remember to turn the code off. Anything in store that's in stock gets 10% off, including um, you also get the free stuff. Talk about our live shows. We just did show and tell. We'll do a little bit of recap from Desk of Ada, which we did on Sunday, including the great search. Have a highlight from JP's product pick. Time travel, look around the world, maker, hackers, artists, engineers will also send off, uh, show off some art from our uh, offspring. Um, we have some retro tech, some really neat stuff that uh, is turning into the Adafruit Retro Museum. We'll show that off. Fun video from some factory footage we have. 3D printing, INMPI. This week it's from Bosch where you can sensor tech like a Bosch. Um, that's on IMPI. We'll do some top secret, we'll do some new products. We'll answer your questions. We'll do all of that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. That's where you answer all the questions. And more, we do that each week here on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Da da da. Okie dokie, so Lady did this code and people get free stuff, what do they get? We still have some freebies, $99 or more. You get a Permaproto half-size breadboard, as shown here. $149 or more, you get a KB2040. They were in pink. We ran out of pink PCBs. Now they're in Adafruit Black. Uh, very gothy, but the same great RP2040 microcontroller board with 4 megabytes of flash, uh, stomach UT port, castellated pads, and you can use it in keyboard or any project that uses a uh, uh, Pro Mini Breakout or Pro Micro Breakout. Oh my God, free shipping. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's do a little bit of recap. So from the desk of Lady Ada, uh, this week, uh, we do it in two parts. Part one, Lady Ada, what did you show off? Uh, okay, this week I showed off the demo for that ANO rotary encoder. Um, and I also showed off the tester for the chalk uh, keyboard breakout that's going to be also shown this week. So that basically this week's new products, I, I got the testers done over the weekend. Uh, so we could get them into the store. So that's what I showed off on the desk. Yeah, then we do the great search when you take a look around and look for things on digikey.com, help people find the things you're looking for. What did you help people find this week? Um, all right, so the TCS 34 something, I can't remember the whole part number, uh, is a color sensor that we uh, loved. We used many, 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 many years. Uh, no longer available, it was discontinued a little bit before actually the chip shortage, but uh, the chip shortage definitely like killed off any chance of getting more of these chips. So I want to find a replacement, uh, something that can do color sensing, hopefully clear light sensing, interrupt output, um, basically a, as close as possible to match the TCS chip that we had. We found a couple good options and I talked about uh, them, not as many color sensors and I, as I would have expected available uh, at DigiKey. There's only really four or five uh, possibilities. So we looked at all, all of them and uh, made a couple of decisions. If you're looking for color sensing, RGB, uh, light sensing, check out uh, the video for a review of what uh, DigiKey has in stock. And uh, we just got off the show and tell. Um, we had some Adafruit guests. So Jepler showed a cool um, mini project 
uh, keyboard. Scott was showing off some new stuff that um, he's working on, including a really neat e-ink display. I liked his idea of like extending out a weather pattern um, yeah. kind of calendar style. And then we had folks show up and show off their projects. Joey had a cool feather. Uh, DJ Devin showed this really cool lamp. Brett had this cool kid um, display, because that's what you do when you're Photo. a parent. You just look at, you know, <laughs> when you put your kid to sleep, you just look at pictures of your kid. Turns out that's what you do. Temperature, humidity sensor. Yeah, it was really neat. And then uh, we also had, uh, I think that was everyone. I have to check the, the show notes, but uh, I'm not supposed to have favorites. Yeah, but I'm not favorites. Um, uh, uh, Mark had a, a keyboard thing as well. I, I'm gonna go with the uh, the wholesome, cool kid display okay. project. So uh, they're all really good. They're projects. all really good. I was um, impressed with how good the synth sounded. Yeah, Jeff was like, "Oh, the synth is kind of like wobbly today," but it. Um, I think Mark came in and showed off. Hey, no, it looks something. Yeah. Um, but since you know we've had a kid, we're we're showing some of the projects that we're doing, and other parents are showing that too. Uh, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about because show and tell is like I think the longest running video live online show and tell. Is it, is it about um, hate people? <laughs> well, so here's what happened. And so here's what happened last week. Is it hate speech. So here's what happened last week. Um, I got some message. I'm like, hey, how come the show and tell isn't on like Facebook or whatever? I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I looked at our our Facebook account, which we just used to publish things. We kind of try to stay away from it the most we can. Um, the show and tell got um, flagged as uh, hate speech, which is kind of extreme. Like, not just like, hey, there is something infringing or like, hey, someone reported. It's like, nope, skip. Do not collect $100. Do not <laughs> just go directly to, to hate speech jail. So they took down our um, videos, I think plural, um, but at least the latest one. And so um, we tried to hit the appeal button and you can't you all the only option was to agree that it's hate speech so i'm just like well i'll just hit x and then i tried to reach out to our facebook rep um no answer um i tried twitter because usually for whatever reason if you go through twitter with the accounts that meta and facebook have you can get a response nothing and then it hit hacker news and then right when i hit hacker news um because we put like here's the transcript from the show it's really wholesome stuff um, how is this how is this possible that it's hate speech? We had someone who was modifying their wheelchair, putting LEDs on it, um, music projects. And so obviously it was a mistake. Obviously there's some like AI algorithmy thing, but this is, keeps coming up quite a bit. So um, of course, a little bit later, we got a message. No explanation, just um, we're sorry, we got this wrong. <laughs> So it's back. At that point, was a human involved? I think it was just a robot. <laughs> so the robot. It's back. Um, and the message we got was sorry we got this wrong. So if you don't see our shows on some of the platforms, you know, obviously something's going, going weird. Um, but we don't do. We don't even curse. Um, and so anywho, um, we we also are well aware that sometimes there's trolling. Um, there are people who um, get angry with us because they can only buy one Raspberry Pi right now because of shortage, and they're like, "But I have a cluster I need to make. Um, I know. I'm gonna get you." Um, some guy reported us to the Better Business Bureau today, so I had to fill out a form again. Yeah, he was angry. Eight, he was seven. angry. He's like, "I should be able to buy as many Raspberry Pis as I want. I don't care who else needs them." I'm just like, "Wow, like you really kind of proved what we were saying is like some people are hoarding these. Please don't do that." It's exactly unfortunate. This is why we have to do it. Like, believe me, yeah. we. It's a lot of work to go through all the orders. We would prefer not to do it. So anyways, I understand that that's part of it too, is people will weaponize these tools. Like we've had to report like actual hate speech and nothing happened. Um, so if you don't see some of our content in some of the places, it's not because something happened. It's probably because something like this usually gets resolved. 
Um, I kind of hate that it has to end up on like Hacker News or like somewhere in the news because not everyone has like it is shocking when it happens to someone like Adafruit. Um, you get censored or you declare hate speech. But for a lot of um, smaller channels or for folks just getting started, it's discouraging because it's like I posted up a video of like Girl Scouts making electronics. Like, why is this hate speech? So anyways, that's the story with that. So it's fully resolved, we think. Um, thanks for tuning in and being part of the adventure with us. Um, JP's product pick of the week, which is also not hate speech, <laughs> um, is every single week Tuesday we broadcast live from the product page. Here is this week's recap. It is the Feather RP2040 with DVI for HDMI video output. An HDMI port uh, that can be used to send DVI video out to your HDMI or DVI monitor. Feather RP2040 DVI. It is running CircuitPython code. This is a really lovely demo that Toddbot created. One of the screensaver demos that Phil B created. This is the, uh, the Max Headroom one. A variation on some Toddbot video synth demos. Uh, I've got sliders to control things like the size and horizontal position of a triangle. As I move it, it's doing a nice little uh, sort of fade effect. And I can also change the colors on that and set it rotating uh, with a, let me set that to a nice slow speed. Oh yeah, look at that. It is the Feather RP2040 DVI with HDMI video output. And don't forget every Thursday you can tune into John Park's workshop. And on Fridays we have Deep Dive with Tim. Let's do some time travel. Okay, uh, on Sunday it was Mother's Day. And speaking of wholesome content, um, it was our first Mother's Day here. Congratulations, happy Mother's Day. Yay! Um, and uh, happy Mother's Day to everyone who was out there, or those who celebrate. So um, one of the things that we're doing, we, we show some of our projects that we're doing with Kiddo. We basically decided to keep her off social media. She can decide if it's for her later. But I'm like, you know what? I can show the hands. Hands. And I can show, and I can show the projects. So um, our Kiddo did some art. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we, we share bits with all of you out there. You're part of our community. But I figured this was like, this is on the line. It's like, oh, it's the artwork. It's not her. Um, there's no face. There's nothing like, you know, embarrassing later that she's going to be like, I can't believe you, you know, should be on the internet. No. Um, so this is really wholesome. She made, um, this is her first painting. Um, she's she's a young and she's under six months old, but she, she did some uh, painting. So here is a, a quick video that I uh, edited together that just the hands, just the art. Just art. Focus on the art. Yes. Not the artist. Take card from mommy. You are. Next, uh, this is just um, kind of just some biz news here. So um, if you get an email from us and it's in your email client, such as Gmail, which a lot of people use, starting today, there's a little verification check mark. It's an option that we had to jump through a million hoops. So we had to prove who you are. We had to prove who the team was. We had to verify the business address. There's a lot of stuff that you can do through DigiCert and Google. And they basically say, hey, this email that you're getting is definitely from the company that's sending it. 
Um, the scams out there are getting more and more sophisticated. So this is something we're doing for our community and our customers. Um, no one should ever pretend to be Adafruit. We've seen some phishing scams in the past like that. So if you're getting an email from us and you're using, I think Gmail is your 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 client, um, it'll it'll show that this is from Adafruit. So that's a little bit of a change. Um, I think they probably started this when like blue check marks were a thing. So now everything has a blue check mark. Um, so that's that's what you'll notice. And then in other news, um, we're trying to get away. Uh, speaking of, we're trying to get away from advertising on um, some platforms. So Facebook, we're not really a fan of because, and also their version of advertising is not compatible with what we like to do. So there's like really intense tracking that some of the social networks or the marketplaces do. Uh, we don't do that. And so it's not really a good match for us anyways. We're also trying to move away from Google ads uh, because while they were effective a long time ago, um, there's a lot of junk traffic and it just doesn't work. So we thought, well, let's try to put some great content in places that we actually like. And Tumblr, uh, under new management, uh, it's part of WordPress. And the folks over there, we know. So we thought, well, let's try to move some of the budget that we normally use for Google and let's put it on Tumblr. So if you're on Tumblr, you'll see some of our ads and some people like it. So this is the feedback we're getting so far. We're putting some, you know what? Good this job. is pretty, good job. <laughs> and, and we figure, you know, if we put just beautiful things that happen to have electronics, that'll tell our story. Maybe people will be like, oh, I was thinking about getting into like mechanical keyboards. Um, I remember seeing a cool video on Tumblr that, that Adafruit had. So um, we're going to try to just provide good information, which sometimes ends up being good advertising. But um, we really want to find ways to put, like ads are part of our lives. I think everyone's an expert in advertising, but it doesn't mean it has to be crummy. So um, if you see it over on Tumblr, you can hit a like. Um, we're not using any of the tracking functionality that I think normal companies use. Like we don't do remarketing. We don't do a lot of things. Um, Click the link. That's the only time we know that anything worked out. Um, so anyways, check it out. Let's do some retro. OK, this week in retro tech, um, this is this is kind of cool. Um, let's just uh, first let's show the commercial for it. We are the dumb hits. We are the perfect family. And we play the perfect electronic game. Computer perfection. Watch our daughter challenge her memory by lighting the lights in perfect sequence. Computer perfection beats out clues and keeps score. With millions of games in its head, we can play alone. Or against each other. I won, honey. Oh, well, nobody's perfect. Computer perfection from Lakeside. In the world of electronic games, it's outstanding. Okay, 1979, Computer Perfection. Um, this was released by Lakeside. It was a groundbreaking electronic game touted the ultimate playmate. The game, housed in a transparent blue dome, was activated by lifting the dome and uh, it revealed four games and three skill levels to choose from. The four games that it offered up were Countdown. You'd uh, try to correct, get 10 lights in the correct order with the fewest number of moves. Black Hole. Another uh, one-player game, Black Hole, was the same objective countdown, but would add a twist. If you pressed an unreally lit button, the game would turn off all the lights ahead of it, 
the light itself. Um, here's the box, by the way. Uh, Brain Battle was the third game, a two-player game. One player had to turn off all the lights, starting with number one, while the other player had to turn all the lights on, starting with number six. Light Race. Uh, two-player game, we race uh, to turn on more than uh, five lights. Uh, it, it wasn't supposed to be uh, a game, uh, more than a game. It was it was supposed to be uh, something that was like half computer at the time, because this was like when computers were introduced. And it was supposed to be like a sophisticated game that was like very electronic, but also um, something kind of like a board game. Um, one neat thing about it, a little bit of trivia, it hit some major media attention. Not really. But um, back in the day, the uh, show Buck Rogers in the 21st Century, in the episode Mark of the Sarin, viewers can notice computer perfection's distinct blue dome besides Buck, Gil Gerard's bed in the Searcher sick bay. So that is um, this week's Retro Tech. Um, this is the perfect family. <laughs> and oh, your heads are blue. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of nice. This is uh, and JP is currently turning this into a uh, synth. I like how it's like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred switches. Like that's like the yeah. like that's where it was available. You could tell, and there's like okay, we have a green LED and a red LED. Yeah, it's interesting because they're like, okay, computers are here, but we still make board games, so we have to like, you're into computers, well, you're gonna like this. We're calling it computer perfection. Um, it looks like cool. Yeah, the the enclosure is beautiful. Yeah, the blue dome. I'm surprised. Good uh, condition it's in. Yeah. Okay, let's do some Python on the board. Okay, this week in the newsletter, um, the biggest news, and uh, congratulations to the team on the zero, zero. 400 circuit Python compatible boards. More than half, more than half, 400. nothing to do with Adafruit. Now, most of them are not Adafruit boards. Actually, so search, maybe type in Adafruit. I actually don't know the answer, but type in Adafruit or filter. Yeah. For made by Adafruit. So one of the things that, yeah, you can you can see this here. So. Just, just click that. Okay, so then and you have to press the X right here. Okay. 88. So less than a quarter of the boards here are Adafruit yeah. boards. So that means, are not ours. So that means that there's companies, people, um, open source projects, all are using CircuitPython as the firmware that runs on their device. Every single time there's a CircuitPython update, automatically they get it for their board. And uh, there's 400 total, or there's more than 400. 400 and, 80, and 88 are from Adafruit. Wait, 410. Wow, a bunch just came in. Yeah, and so these are the most popular or the newest ones. But let's take a look at filters. Let's. Those are actually, sorry, those are the most up downloaded Down, downloads you want to sort by newest first yeah okay so the most Wait, downloaded so, right now are picos Pico. mini santa although i'll say this is not what it depends on the release yeah. so it's a little confusing so here's do, yeah we'll, do let's like do let's do the newest ones yeah. that just came in so the newest ones that just came in you can look at the rp2040 lcd some there's a feather here's some new ones so when you Valbor, yeah there, when there's ones that aren't photos that means they didn't the information isn't up there yet but yeah they're getting they're working on it uh Luligal, Pimeroni, more Pimeroni stuff, uh, lots of Pimeroni stuff, actually. Um, a M5 stick, a watch. Um, there's a lot going on here. and A lot of TTGO stuff. A lot of, like, random ESP32, S3, and S2 boards. And that's cool. Yeah, like, load them up. submitted a bunch of boards for their EFR32. They ported CircuitPython. Um, look at this look like they did menagerie of boards. I remember when we had five club. What's that? Wait, hold on. What's that? The half club sprig. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. What's this? This is a neat way to look at hardware too. 
I never even heard of this thing. Yeah. So um, this looks cool. You it's can get the nightly builds for this stuff. You can get the UF two. Uh, one of the things that we we wanted to do was have a way for people to get the latest firmware for their hardware. That was the hardest thing. And there was like all sorts of websites that tried to do it or like lists and there's a zip file. Nearly impossible. We think, we, we think we've solved this. Um, and then for the um, folks who like to see charts, this is what it looks like over time. Um, I'll disappear us here. But uh, from January 1st of 2018 all the way up to January 1st of 2023. That's a nice, that's a nice chart. Right. It's oh yeah, we did the math because it was about it's been about a hundred years since we did our live. You know, every one hundred we do an announcement, and so um, it's been yeah. let's see from now to the last one was one basically a year, and uh, it's two boards um, a week on average. Yeah, that's great. So keep on going, and yeah. thank you everyone in the community who's doing stuff with CircuitPython using it in their hardware and uh, making electronics way too easy. So other things in the newsletter, we posted up that Supercon 2023 is coming. Yay. Um, so Hackaday's putting that on with Supply Frame. Um, you can check out tons and tons of projects if you wanted to get MicroPython working with AWS. That's there. Um, this is kind of neat. This is an RP2040 to open Tesla uh, charging port. Yeah, and it's like you, like you use, um, you read what the um, code is for your car and then you can like you know, we yeah. replay it. Then we have um, some joystick stuff. We're going to show that in the top secret section. And then just like the entire menagerie of projects that are kind of unending um, every single week. Yeah. And does an amazing job with the yeah. newsletter. Please, please, please consider subscribing. It's over on Adafruit Daily. We don't spam. Um, delivers to your inbox every single week. Get it on Adafruit Daily. We have other newsletters, but this is one of our more popular ones. So check it out. Let's do some open source hardware news, Lady Ada. We're an open source hardware company. To prove it, we released tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of guides. What are the new guides this week? Okay. Lots of guides this week, indeed. So we've got uh, from Catney, the Feather RP2040 RFM95. Uh, this is a 900 megahertz LoRa um, chip on an RP2040 Feather with like a UFL connector for easy antenna. Um, it's like the easiest, lowest cost LoRa board that we've got. Um, I think it's going to be great because CircuitPython runs wonderfully on the RP2040. We've got the 3D printing uh, project of the week. This is, is a full 3D uh, sorry, 360 Epcot Spaceship Earth with NeoPixels. Um, it's not, it's like a V4, I think, or V3 um, ice costahedra. I don't know what the name of this shape is. Uh, it's got LEDs in it. It looks just like Epcot Center, and uh, it's running WLED as the software to control the animations. Um, you've got a guide for the CAN bus feather as well. It's an RP2040 with a CAN bus transceiver. Uh, the popular MCP2515 chipset. We've got the uh, DVI Pi Cowbell. So if you've got a Pico or Pico W, you want to add DVI output really easily. It does all the pin routing for you um, and does the level shifting as necessary. So you can easily add DVI output on CircuitPython or Arduino. And can you scroll up one? Um, Phil B wrote a really good guide on uh, USB PD hacks. Um, USB Type-C power delivery is very handy um, if you would like to get 9 volts, 12 volts, 15, uh, or 20 volts into a project, you don't want to use a DC power jack, you can often use an off-the-shelf USB-C power supply. 
Um, he goes through some of the USB PD products that we've got, tips and tricks on how to update old designs because a lot of old products, like, you know, you need some, like, random-ass, gigantic power brick and you just don't have it anymore. You don't want to, make you know, manage that. Pop a USB-C on there or use one of our USB PD cables. He chats all about it. Uh, we've also got uh, the Cowbell version of the CAN transceiver. So if you have a Pico or Pico W, you want to connect into CAN bus networks, uh, you can do that. Uh, I think from last week, um, we did the Feather Think Ink. Uh, that guide's live now, too. So you can uh, take e-ink um, displays and connect them to an RP2040 very easily. And uh, by Robert Dale Smith, the USBification of the Fisher-Price uh, game controller for kids. Turns out it's actually a really good it has all the buttons working so you can turn it into an yeah. actual game controller with a kb2040 yeah let's take a look at this because um i think it's worth taking an additional look so this is a we have this for our kid <laughs> um she's not quite old enough yet but she's gonna be and so you can turn this really good game controller that doesn't control games and you into can keep in the old mode like you can make the sounds but it can also do usb yeah and i think someone like a professional gamer won a gaming competition with this too because they're just like hey um, but like I was saying before in um, the show and tell, when I was at Make Magazine, I used to write about how great it would be if manufacturers use screws instead of glues, had replaceable batteries, made enclosures that you could do other stuff with. And sure enough, you know, I didn't have a kid at the time. That's what was going on. Like these Fisher Price things are indestructible. They're low cost. And um, you have you can unscrew everything and you can put batteries in these are like amazing enclosures for electronics so if you're thinking of just making something and you're like oh i'm not going to do injection molding i don't have time to 3d print take a look at kids toys it's, it's cheaper than getting the injection molding done yeah if something is close and, enough and you know what thrift stores have piles and piles and piles, piles. and they don't change they're the same year over year yeah, they really are okay let's do some uh factory footage
to factory footage this week. Uh, don't forget, the code is ANO Rotary. 10% off the native store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. We're going to do some 3D printing now. So before we play the latest video and the speed up, wanted to say congratulations to Noin Pedro, the longest running 3D printing show. They're up to episode 400. Unbelievable. And still something new and interesting every single week. There are people who've learned what a 3D printer is, to learning how to make stuff, to becoming an engineer, or doing all sorts of cool things with 3D printing over the course of, it's what, like seven or eight years now that we've been doing this. Unbelievable. So congratulations, and thank you everyone who tunes in every single week. The most important part of a show is often the audience. So let's watch a couple videos. We'll see you on the other side. You can 3D print your Epcot Spaceship Earth with NeoPixel LEDs and parts from Adafruit. Spaceship Earth is the iconic attraction at the Epcot theme park at Walt Disney World. The attraction was upgraded in 2021 with new lighting fixtures to create a new nighttime show. Our DIY build features 156 NeoPixel LEDs that wrap around our 3D printed geodesic sphere. Each LED is set in between the isosceles triangles to resemble the points of lights just like the attraction. The design also features three angled legs and a center pillar that resemble the physical architecture. This project uses the WLED software to create an ESP32-based web server so you can remotely control the LEDs with your mobile device. The software features a mobile-friendly interface that lets you change colors and trigger different animations. It comes loaded with dozens of effects that you can customize using sliders to adjust different settings. Each effect features its own set of parameters that you can adjust such as speed, size, and feed rates. With presets, you can save your favorite effects to create a playlist so you can run them back-to-back -to, -back to create your own nighttime light show. The sphere is split into two halves that are joined together with neodymium magnets. These NeoPixel strands feature flexible wires. Each LED is hot glued in place and wraps around the sphere in a spiral direction. This uses the Adafruit CutiePie ESP32 Pico and a NeoPixel BFF driver board to provide a 5V level shifter and a detachable JST connector. These two boards make it easy to develop IoT projects with NeoPixel LEDs. A USB-C breakout extends the CutiePie's USB port to the center pillar of the sphere. It's secured to the bottom cover and snap fits into the pillar so it's modular and easy to take apart. To learn how to build your own, check out the guide at learn.adafruit.com. We hope this inspires you to check out WLED and Adafruit's CutiePie to create your own IoT NeoPixel projects.
again, congratulations, 400 episodes. Here's to another 400. Um, okay, Lady Ada, let's uh, mention the code one more time, and then let's kick off some Eye on MPI. Eye on MPI. Okay, Eye on MPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. This week it is Bosch. I saw this on their social media, and I thought this was kind of funny. Sensor tech, text. like a Bosch. Like a Bosch. And uh, this week, Lady Ada, what is the NPI new product introduction? Okay, well, this week is actually uh, sent in by a lovely viewer. They wanted me to highlight this. I was like, that is pretty cool. I somehow missed this new sensor from Bosch. It's the BMI 323. It is a uh, fairly low cost. It's an affordable but high quality 6DOF, sometimes called 6DOF. Uh, degree of freedom sensor. It's got accelerometer, gyroscope, temperature sensor, um, all in one little package, easy to uh, pick in place. Um, some things that want to highlight, you know, we'll chat about uh, how to use it, but it's uh, two 16-bit um, digital resolution sensors. That's actually quite unusual. Usually you get only maybe 10 or 12-bit resolution. 16-bit's um, quite nice. Um, the zero offset and uh, is only for the gyro. The gyro is kind of where you want to look at the specs to make sure they're good because that's going to um, affect your uh, fusion more than the accelerometer. Accelerometers are, are, are fairly good these days. The gyro has, you know, um, plus or minus one degree of, uh, sorry, plus or minus one degree uh, per second uh, drift zero offset. Um, which is pretty good. You know, you can get better, but you're going to have to pay a lot more. Whereas this sensor is only a couple bucks. It's very good for the price. Um, a lot of other details. Uh, you know, the accelerometer is pretty standard. goes plus minus 248G, uh, 24816G. Uh, and the gyroscope goes uh, plus minus 125 up to 2000 degrees per second. Um, there's also an onboard digital temperature sensor. Um, which you can use as part of your like temperature compensation management. Sometimes the sensors do drift with temperature, uh, but it's also just, you know, they tossed another sensor on there. Um, you know, it's basically an all-in-one little ready-to-go uh, fusion chip. Um, more technical specs, like, a, you know, like I think we, we mentioned, uh, the gyros is pretty good, and this also has the, the noise, which is uh, seven... Uh, microseconds per root hertz sorry can you scroll zoom you make the window bigger. bigger yeah sorry my my i can't see text the volume thank you it's uh yes it's seven uh millisecond per uh square root hertz um noise density for the gyro which is pretty good and uh, a nice a nice range of um bandwidths for the, the an output data rates up to six kilohertz so um, good if you want to do fusion you'll want to get uh, nice quick data and there's in built-in filters that can do some basic low pass and high pass filtering if necessary um other things i thought were really neat about this sensor it has um the standard i squared c but also spi and i3c support which we've covered on earlier um uh INPIs, we talked about uh, I3C and how it's different than I2C. Um, and I looked, the interrupts do, you can have the interrupts, there's external pin interrupts to digital IOs, or if you're using I3C, you can have it um, sense with, you know, in-band um, interrupt support. So you only need two pins uh, if you're using I3C. Um, the 
Bosch uh, IMUs that we really like, you know, one of our favorites is the B&O 055. Uh, we've used it for so long. It's the same company, Bosch Sensor Tech, that manufactures it. Um, this is a sensor that has accelerometer, gyro, and magnetometer all together. So it's got nine degrees of freedom, but you're going to pay for it. You see the pricing is much more expensive instead of like, you know, two bucks or so. It's, you know, seven to 15, depending on how much you're purchasing. Inside is also a SAMD21, which is pre-programmed with Fusion algorithm. And then you talk to that SAMD21. You don't program that chip. You talk to it over I2C. Um, and that's great if you want to just get started very quickly. But again, you're going to have to pay the extra price. Uh, for that fusion chip whereas um you know if you do want fusion data which most people do you want to get like euler angle so you know in x y and z space you know either euler or quaternion um location and that lets you know like it's it's easier way for you to determine gestures and determine which way it's pointing um what motions are doing if you're going to feed this into ai uh uh gesture recognition systems you know, oftentimes you're going to feed it um, Euler angles. Um, to do this, you'll have to do your own fusion. So you'll probably want to also pick up a magnetometer. Um, I looked in the BMM 150. Look at that for 40,000 stock. This is a beautiful thing, by the way. That was like I knew it was so tough to cover stuff because it was in stock. Uh, but if you want a magnetometer, this is a good one. Uh, also, I squared C um, capable, low cost. You can see it's like about a dollar or so. Um, very tiny, um, and it gives you X, Y, and Z. It's pretty common that you would have one chip for accelerometer and gyro, and then another for magnetometer. One, because the magnetometer often has to be placed away from other chips. And so, you know, and, and also like the process by making magnetometers is a little bit different. So it's not too unusual for like the magnetometer to sort of sit on the corner of the PCB, um, and the accelerometer and gyro to sit in the center or maybe near a weighted thing so it doesn't have as much vibration because the magnetometer doesn't. Vibration doesn't affect it, but a speaker or like big chunks of metal, a lot of current flow can. So some of the things you have to think about if you're laying out a circuit board with these two chips, but combine them together and you get nine degrees of uh, freedom. And then you can run the BSX sensor fusion software that Bosch provides, which is really nice. There are some free um, libraries. You know, even Adafruit, we have uh, a couple of free examples. Uh, PJRC also published some sensor fusion software using um, free algorithms. But if you are using Bosch sensors, you might as well use their sensor fusion software because, again, it's free, it's published. You will need to have NindOff, though, um, to get uh, full orientation in 3D space. Um, you know, I downloaded it. You have to approve a license. The license basically says you can only use it with Bosch things. Um, that's very normal. Uh, and you can see the output you get is uh, either quaternion X, Y, Z, W, or um, Euler angle, angles, heading, pitch, roll, and yaw. So, you know, that's usually good for pretty much everything. Only downside is um, you're going to uh, have to make sure that your chip is one of the ones that's supported um, with the library because the library has pre-compiled binary blobs. Again, it's, Bosch sort of does this in general. There's a couple companies where they'll provide a library and sort of to make sure that you really, you know, only use their stuff with their stuff. They don't um, publish the code itself. They give you a binary blob. And in this case, it's only, it seemed to be only available for the ARM Cortex chipset. So you see the M0, M0+, M1, M3, M4, M4 with FPU and M7. Um, 80-ish percent of people are going to be using Cortex chips. 
if you're using something like Tensilica, they have for other libraries, not this one, released you know Tensilica, which is ESP32 or maybe WISC5. Um, email Bosch, you know, they'll probably compile it for you and, and send it along or add it to the bundle. Um, just FYI on that though, because I don't want people to get stuck not realizing it that they do have code for the chip, but the fusion code is pre-compiled. Um, the chip itself is a you know QFN-ish package or whatever DFN, whatever it's called. Um, it has a few, you know, yes, there's this fusion thing that you can do, but there's a couple filters and behavior uh, things that it can do on the inside, like it can do some detection of behaviors, um, step detection. Uh, it can do single, double, and triple tap, not too uncommon with the accelerometer. Orientation, hysteresis for motion. Um, there's a big FIFO, which is quite nice uh, in synchron data synchronization, which means that if you do want to do um, gesture recognition or pump this into a fusion uh, system, because you can't really drop any data, you'll, you'll, you'll want to have all the data in the FIFO, and then you can read it all at once and pump it bit by bit into your fusion software. You're not constantly, you know, you won't have to maintain the fusion software constantly. You can um, do it every 2K worth of, of FIFO data. So you know, depending if you're doing, um, you know, one kilohertz, that means um, only maybe half a second or a quarter second, you have to read all the data and read all at once, which isn't, you know, too bad. Um, but take advantage of that. And then uh, there is a full data sheet with, you know, absolutely everything that you need to read every register, set every filter. However, um, if you just want to like get right in there and have this work with your microcontroller or microcomputer, there is a published C API. This doesn't have any binary blobs, so you can port it to whatever platform you like. Um, inside the examples folder is a common.c and common.h, and that's where you would put in your SPI or I squared C or I3C um, and delay. Those are kind of like the, 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 just the read, the write, and then delay functions for whatever protocol you're using. Um, you implement that, and the rest of it comes out. Um, you can then grab the accelerometer and gyroscope data, feed it into your own sensor fusion, or just use it as is if you can just use the raw data. Available on DigiKey. In stock. Available on DigiKey. So much. Available on DigiKey. 10,000 pieces. Yeah. Um, in the chat, folks are like, we need another song about the chip surplus. I know. I know. <laughs> We've got too many chips, um, but good for us because it means that uh, you can actually design stuff and. Yeah know that you'll be able to get the component by the time you're ready for production. So a great, uh, you know, basic two, three dollar uh, six DOF IMU, very competitive with the current market. Um, good performance, good specs. I like that 16 bit and uh, good software support as well. OK, that is this week's IMPI. Hi, Okie dokie, we're going to do new products before you go over there. It's Anno Rotary Lady at a All right, this week, first up. Okay, first up, we've got this little adapter. Um, this is for the Quick 861. It's a very, very nice hot air system that we've got um, only thing that's a little annoying is it uses um hot air tips that are not compatible with like the low cost ones uh, this little adapter uh, it's a couple bucks and you put it onto the 861 hot air gun and it lets you use the low cost hot air 
tips we carry a pack of 10 that has like qfn and like 100 qfp pins and all like everything um makes it easy to do large packages uh, so you don't have just like the round uh nubs on the end of your hot air station okay next up next up we've got uh some chalk breakouts so uh we have done lots of keyboard projects and if you um have used any of our keyboard breakouts or macro pads whatever you know that we tend to use the mx uh cherry mx compatible switches and sockets um but some people want something thinner so if we go to the overhead i'll show the difference yeah, so this is yeah go the, we'll, we'll get back to them I'll get back to them. Okay. So this is um the well, let me get this out of the way. I love did you keep it? It's a little confusing to see it. Um so this is like, you know, our uh feather wing with Neo Key and it's got two MX switches and you see they're quite tall. There's two different keycaps. This one's kind of like the shortest keycap you can get. This is kind of a standard keycap, but it's very tall. A lot of people want something nice and short. So this is the chalk by comparison. So it's like um, you know, definitely more than less than half the height of the mx it's a very very slim style and the keycaps are very slim so if you want like a low you know laptop keyboard like key height um the chalk switches are where it's at they're totally incompatible in every way from the mx which is the keycaps you can't use mx with chalk or chalk with mx the keys are totally different you can't use them in different sockets so this is a completely separate breakout um just for shocks which is an all show um even on the bottom the socket is totally different than the socket that we use for mx switches you can see the two sockets here but um you know so we made a little breakout you know to account for all the differences so you can quickly breadboard uh chalk projects another thing uh, just to note compared to the mx breakout these breakouts are one row taller so they're 0.1 inch taller longer because of the way that the socket um uh fit for um having the neo the, sorry having the socket um fit on the pcb because it has to fit a little bit higher i had to like extend the circuit board so just fyi it's it's even though it looks just like the neo key for the mx it's like a totally different um configuration and a totally different uh pinout uh, the pinout's the same but totally different pcb size so let's go back to the photos. yes the photos um okay so that's the demo you can connect as many of them as you want they come with diodes built in so uh if you would like to have an array of them go to town um they're diode connected there's also a little reverse mount neopixel a socket uh we stock both the clicky and linear uh, chalk switches, but of course you can use any chalk compatible. Um, NeoPixel shines through and then breakouts on the left and right that connect the NeoPixel input output, the NeoPixel power and ground, and then the switch anode and cathode. It goes through a diode, so that's why it's labeled anode and cathode. Okay, and then the start of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our team, our customers, our community is. Da, 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 da um okay with the ano rotary so that's the name of the rotary encoder it's it's the part number is called ano uh so that's why it's called ano the uh rotary encoder with seesaw so this is you know we've had this encoder for a bit i love it because it's basically ipod classic rotary encoder where you've got the little uh, click wheel in the center it's a rotary encoder and then up down left right and select 
But uh, the thing that's a little annoying about it is there's five buttons and two encoder pins, and it's a lot of pins. And before you know it, you're like, I've just used half of my Mac controller, GPIO. And, you know, you're constantly pulling the um, encoder. And so why not make it a lot easier for people by making a breakout board where on the back is an ATtiny816, the little um, AVR chip. And, it, you know, the code is up on GitHub. If you'd like to take a look at how it does this, it can keep track of the encoder so it just keeps a little counter of how many clicks left or right it can read the buttons and it can also uh, have four different address select switches you can theoretically have 16 of these all over i squared c three or five volts um, so it's very easy for you to connect this up to your raspberry pi which doesn't even have rotary encoder support or other single board computer you can connect it up uh, to an Arduino, you connect it up to a Pico, you can connect it up to pretty much any microcontroller, as many as you like. Uh, you can even connect it to a computer um, by going through one of our uh, dev boards or uh, one of our USB to GPIO converters that runs CircuitPython. Um, and on board is a little Seesaw chip, and uh, there is an IRQ output if you'd like, but it also works just great over I squared C as long as you don't mind asking it every once in a while hey, are there any buttons pressed or any uh, rotary encoder? um clicks going on and uh that's it that's the new product i can you can show the little demo yeah video so this is just uh the hand and you can see it's plugged into a seven segment display and then you know it just counts up and down as you click the ordering cutter that's your products Okie dokie, here's what we're going to do. You're going to post up your questions in the chat, adafruit.it slash discord or discord.gg slash adafruit. And then we're going to answer them. But before we do that, and while you're typing there, we're going to show a bunch of top secrets. So we have a bunch. I'm going to go after these videos, one after the other after the other. Then we're going to show some stills and we're going to show some logos. And then we'll answer all your questions. So here we go. It's top secret time. What is this? This is me working on a new prototype. This is a quad rotary encoder to StomachQT converter. It's got an ATtiny817 that's reading all the encoder pins and the switch pins. And there's even uh, underlit NeoPixels. And uh, for most rotary encoders, you actually can't see the LED. I mean, you can see it kind of behind my finger. But there do exist rotary encoders that have a translucent body. And although these don't have a switch, uh, they do shine the LED light through, so you can get a really cool effect, especially if you have a translucent knob. Uh, so I'll have the um, underlit reverse mount NeoPixels, even though you know for the most part you can't see them when you're using these low-cost um, rotary encoders, but I think with the uh, translucent ones, it's a very cool look. So all over I squared C, and this demo is running on my Arduino Uno compatible over here. Soon in the Adafruit shop. What's this? This is me making a little demo for our new ANO encoder to Stemma QT converter. Uh, it's got an ATtiny816, which is doing the conversion from this rotary encoder and switches to I squared C. So it's really easy. And you can see this little um, LED letting me know when activity has occurred. And I have it hooked up with a RP20 uh, Pi over I squared C to the seven segment display. And then, you know, as I turn the knob, it's counting the pulses. So it's doing a good job catching all those pulses. And then if I press the select up left, 
right and down button and also displays that. So uh, really nice example of some plug and play stuff that used to be really, really hard to do, but with STEMIQT and Seesaw and QtPie, it's as easy as pie. Coming soon to the Adafruit shop. Hi, really, what is this? This is an advanced Gravis joystick that I just took apart. Um, I'm making a little board that will let you use PC joysticks with any microcontroller. It does the analog digital conversion, the button reading, and um, these joysticks are all PC joysticks and they use a DE15 port. And I wanted to figure out like, so I, you know, I never actually had a PC joystick. So this is my first time kind of messing with one. And I just plugged it in and it like wasn't working at first. And so I took it apart because I wanted to like trace everything out. And then I realized, so on the side, these switches actually select mechanically which button connects to which pin on the DE15. Uh, and I had them all centered because I thought like, oh, you want it centered. But actually that means that none of them were actually selected to working. Another neat thing is, um, so now they're all connected directly and they've got there's three buttons connected to two outputs. Another interesting thing is the potentiometers on this joystick. You'll see as I twist the pots go back and forth. They're not connected as a divider because on the PC side, there's no analog digital conversion. Like they didn't have ADC, that was very expensive. So what you do is actually you feed this variable resistance into an oscillator, like a 555 or something similar, and then measure the pulse width. So on the other side, I need to add, and you can see over here, the matching 10K resistors that form the divider that then go into this ADC, because nowadays ADCs are a lot cheaper. This is a Gravis Advanced Joystick. This was a state-of-the-art PC joystick. It's got that joystick, two ML uh, potentiometers. It's got a button up here, two buttons up down here. You know that the, uh, the PC joystick spec actually only allows for two buttons, so there's like three, but you can remap them. And the remapping is actually done over here using these, well, they look like um, potentiometers, but they're actually mechanical switches that lift and disconnect the contacts for the different buttons, which I just learned about. And then over here, we've got uh, the X and Y and the different buttons output. And this is going into a um, Cutie Pie board through a StemiQT design that I just wrapped up. It's got an ATtiny816 that does all the analog digital conversion. I have to like quickly remember the math for how to calculate the variable resistor when you have a fixed lower resistor in the resistor divider. All is working well though, and it will be in the Adafruit shop soon. This is me making a tester for this new Seesaw board. This is a gamepad. Um, it's going to make it really easy for people to add little game controllers to their projects. It's got an analog thumbstick, XY, and then four nice squishy buttons to press and then select and start. So you can do for emulators, but anything that just needs a little game interface, and you just plug it over Stemma QT. I use a uh, Metro M0 to program it, and I use UPDI, which is um, how you program the ATtiny series. Press this down, press the button, it connects, it programs the chip. Well, sometimes I have to reset it. Okay, and then it says I have to press the buttons. So then I press each button and then it's past test. So we're gonna get this into the Adafruit shop soon. It's gonna be so cool and cute. All right, and then we have uh, some designs here. So what is this? 
this is a small USB hub. We uh, we had a couple of projects we wanted to embed a USB hub into something because we had like two things we wanted to connect to with one USB cable. Um, and you can buy hubs, but sometimes you want to like put it inside of an enclosure. So this is just buy a hub. I want a hub in my thing. This is just like a hub breakout, uh, basically. It's just got USB, USB C, and then it's got uh, you know, also maybe you want to sometimes not have the data pins connected. Um, and it's got uh, four ports output, and then the USB host is duplicate. So just like hub breakout. I don't know. It's kind of, kind of cool. And then this is a uh, ideal diode chip. I found it in my pile and I was like, oh my God, I forgot to design a board for it. So I got samples like two, three years ago. And then um, this is somebody asked, oh, hey, can you, you know, you have a micro SD BFF and you have an ITOS amplifier BFF coming out soon. What if you mix the two? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I was going to do that. It was like, they reminded me. This was uh, so I put two to data and uh, somebody boosted the two. Someone boosted the two. And we were like, oh, that's, like, that's a good two that's been boosted. I'm good. Um, you know, what's interesting, what's interesting is the way social media works for us is like, yeah, there's like crummy people out there that insult each other and dunk on each other. Um, however, you could just ask for hardware and we'll probably make it. Yeah. It's like a magic lamp. Yeah, they just asked like, like 24 hours later. I was like, hey, here's the yeah, like that's a good idea. So imagine if all of that negativity instead of, it, you know, people being crummy to each other was turned into requests for a better world together. Anywho, um, so we're working on the Circuit Pirate. Last week or so, I was like, I think we're gonna call it the Circuit Pirate. It's the next version of what the Bus Pirate is. We wanted to kind of keep the, the theme. Nautical theme. Maybe, but then we're like, you know what? We could actually go a different way. So I think we might, one of the names we might, it might be Bitrater, because this still works. But then we're like, you know what's kind of cool? protocol droids so we're playing around with the name protocol droid instead because it speaks all different protocols and then we can have this cool little droid and it would be called protocol droid um in the chat i'll, I'll post up some of the other names um that we were thinking of just because these are always fun so you can see our process um there was uh let's go back here uh let me go to, i think which way what's your favorite one uh, the top one this one no, no, no. This one? No, the one above oh. it. Keep going. This one? Yeah, the one on like the right. So some of the other names, this is pirate-themed. Arm matey, bandwidth buccaneer, bit raider, bus banger, bite brigade, bite buccaneer, digital deckhand, freebooter, hardware hawk, logic looter, signal uh, C-Doc. <laughs> oh, it was good. So that's Washburn. I like signal C-Doc kind of the yeah. most. It's so, like, so ridiculous. Yeah, voltage viking. And protocol droid, which is you know not pirate themed at all, but we're like you know what, we, just the way the letters fit together and everything, it's kind of neat. So we're gonna make sure we'll, we'll check with our lawyer folk because um, there's been things referred to as protocol droids, but it's kind of a generic term. I, mean, I can call anything a protocol droid. Um, so that's what we might do. Anyways, that's a preview of what this next bus pirate like thing might be called. That's top secret. Okay, questions. We're going to do the, um, um, what if it was a robot pirate? Yeah, robot. Has anyone, oh, you know what? That's a good question. Is there any, like, anime or any cartoon series or anything where the pirates are robots? Oh, I'm sure there's anime of those pirates are robots. Yeah, if anyone finds it, post it up in the, the, the Discord chat if there's a specific robot, like, robot pirates. I guess they would be, I guess there would be a, a, a version of a, of a world where there's robots. And then some of them have boats, and then some of them decide to be pirate robots to, yeah. to rob the regular robots of their stuff on the high seas. 
Hi, Silicon Seas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here's questions, Lady Ada. What yeah. is the hardest PCB design you've done recently? What made it so difficult? Um, I think the Metro 7 was the toughest one recently because it was delayed for so long during due to chip seven components. Yeah, that yes. was a tough one. Still have parts on it too. Yeah, we just uh, posted up some some cool videos of it in the subway because it's it's subway yeah. scene. Okay. Um Tata posted up, have I seen that working next box? There's a uh MIDI stuff, a MIDI project. Yeah. Okay. Um there is a there is a game called Robot Pirates. Oh look, okay, here it is. So if you're in Discord, you gotta look at this because there's there's a robot pirate game. That looks is the mermaid a robot? No, the mermaid's regular human mermaid, but then there's robot pirates. Yoho and a bottle of ram. You're a robot pilot. So let's see. Jump okay, on the ship, collect as many. Crazy get is fun. Frantic for all generated ships and those challenges. Okay, you're a robot pilot. It's a dollar ninety nine, guys. Can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. High seas. Okay. I think there's not that many questions this week, which is Some weeks the show. Let's see, go on. Going twice. Okay. That's our show. Uh, thank you, everybody. Don't forget the code is a no rotary. We'll see everybody here next week. We have a bunch of show stuff going on. Um, please continue to post pirate robot stuff up. Very much Thank appreciated. <laughs> and um, special thanks to, Car to Cara running things behind the scenes. This has been an Adafruit production. We will see everybody next week. Here's your moment of Zener. <laughs>